0: Welcome to Infectious Enthusiasm, the podcast where we talk excitedly about the nuances of Pathfinder Two e so hello, my name is Quinn, and I'm Brian and we will be your host uh, today, Brian, why are we here?
1: We're here to talk about how much we like Pathfinder second edition we've We've discovered a whole bunch of cool things about it, and we would like to share them with as many people as we can.
0: yeah, and just really be a show where you know, there, we like talking about Pathfinder. We we talk about it in a whole lot of other games all the time. And there aren't a ton of shows out there that just that aren't APs that sort of talk about some of the themes of the mechanics and, and world that are fun. So we decided we'd, you know, pop up in there. Uh, and, and when whilst we're doing it, uh, we want to talk about um pathfinder 2 in the light of other games um not as a versus uh but in a uh comparison and we can then talk about if we can talk about in the context of other games we can talk about you know trade-offs you make with different design styles and just sort of get other themes in the mix here too that sound about right
1: absolutely i think one of the advantages that i think that that we have is we have both played a whole lot of games and so we can see where the dna from a lot of the design decisions came from
0: and so then that we should i think any good thing is defined as much by what it doesn't do as what it does do so to that end What won't we be doing, Brian?
1: I think that we're not going to be bashing other games because, in my opinion, Mm. I don't want you to tell me why a game is bad. I want you to tell me why this other game is awesome. How about you? What would you like to not do?
0: You know, there are a lot of beautiful, exquisite about 5e. This is not one of those podcasts. In fact, we want to, when it makes sense, we will absolutely obviously talk about it. We're not going to twist ourselves into a uh, knot to like, right, right. you know, not talk about this thing where it makes clear sense. But I think if we're being honest, you know, Brian and I have talked a lot about this. Like I feel that people try to mash these two and get them to be in opposition so hard that they do a disservice to both games. And I'm happy to, five e isn't my game of of choice, right? But it's right. a fine game, right? And and there's not really anything we can say from one game versus the other that like you probably haven't heard of before. So we're going to you know, if you need to hear it, we'll redirect you to the all the other places you can hear.
1: 100%. We we have a, we have a list and <laughs> I I I both listen to and watch a lot of those YouTube channels and podcasts. That do a, a really great job of comparing the two, and uh, yeah, like Quinn said, we'll no kidding, we will we will definitely point you in that direction because some people are doing it quite well.
0: Right, exactly. So yeah, uh, and so now that we have sort of drawn our boundaries here, it I, I think we need to actually tell people a little bit more about who we are, Brian.
1: Fair point. Do you want me to go first on that one?
0: Oh uh, sure. Why, why, why don't you kick it off? I'd be glad to. I'm Brian
1: Cooksey. I've been playing and running tabletop role-playing games since 1982 i've professionally i've done a whole lot of editing of rpgs a little bit of game design but other than that i have been playing nonstop for decades so one of my favorite things to do is hang out with cool people and talk about games and lo and behold look that's what i'm doing right now so uh, (laughs) how about you quinn
0: well, d- ditto on the uh, talking about games, with cool people, and you know we 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 we've talked about this stuff so much on on our Discord channel here that we've like, hey, we should just do this on a, a podcast. So, so so here we are. So Quinn Murphy, I am also been playing for forever, over well over thirty years at this point. I'm officially old, and, and I've seen seen lots of like great waves of design, and and. Play lots of different games. I am, uh, disclaimer, I, I am pretty biased. I, I do freelance for Paizo on occasion. I have written a couple of adventure path books for them for both Pathfinder and Starfinder. I, I, I write, I write because I love the game. I don't love the game because I write for <laughs> it, you know, and I've been in a few things. I, I think in a bunch of things, but so, some sort of notable ones are I wrote the, The second book in the Strength of Thousand series, Spoken on Songwind, and also wrote the adventure for The Tomorrow's Feast, which is a time anomaly adventure in Dark Archive, Mm -hmm. and a bunch of other things. So, yeah, but I also like games and I play other stuff and like, like talking about the wide range of RPGs. So, with that out of the way... Do we just kind of get to the first thing we want to talk about now?
1: I think so, because so also one of the things that Quinn and I decided is that we would pick a topic in order to Mm -hmm. focus Mm -hmm. our conversation. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we would just have like a six hour long discussion about stuff we like and Pathfinder second edition. So on this one, we basically decided like for each episode, we're going to pick a thing that we like. And Quinn came up with the first one. So I think you should be the one to introduce it. And, but it is one of my favorite things about what Pathfinder second edition does.
0: Yeah. So, and we'll, we'll get into, there are a lot of things that when people get introduced to Pathfinder, they take of no. they talk about the three action system, you know, lots of different things, but I feel A thing that doesn't get kind of highlighted enough that I think the thing that is really drives all of this other stuff is character expression. Um, We can talk about a lot in RPGs, you know, in terms of like systems and mechanics and all of that good stuff. And it is important, but none of that really means anything if we don't have without character. Right. That is actually, that's the role in the RPG. Right. Right. And so I think Pathfinder has, for my money, just unparalleled character expression, but the, the kind of con kind of character concepts that you can express in this game is just wild. Yeah, it is. And when I, I, when I first tried introducing people to Pathfinder, You know, I tried telling them about the mechanics and all the other stuff. And, you know, some people are geared to sort of understand it in that way and they're attracted to it. But I find way more success in just pointing them at a character builder like Path Builder and going, hey, why don't you just make some characters? Because it's pretty easy and intuitive. And then you come back to me a thousand characters later and you tell me me when you want to play.
1: That's pretty much it. I've done the same thing. Well, actually, I've been on both sides of that. (laughs) because, Quinn, you're the one that let me know about Path Builder, and no kidding, yeah, it was like, the next day I was like, I have now made a dozen characters. And because, first off, Path Builder, you know, not sponsored, but, you know, if, if you are looking to do, if you're looking to do Pathfinder characters, definitely check out Path Builder. There's an app and a browser version, and it's great. But by the same token, uh, I was talking to my wife about it. And my wife has been playing playing games even longer than I have. Her first game was Turtles and Trolls back in the day. And Mm. so she and I were talking about it. So she's also played as much D&D as I have. And I was, you know, saying, you know, hey, I'm wanting to definitely start up a Pathfinder 2 game at some point, you know, check out the options for characters. So I, I, I did the same thing. I pointed her towards Path Builder and she came back like 15 minutes later. She's like, do you know that I can make a lawyer that is a rat person? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I didn't know that, but I think that's your character now. She said, yeah, it is. So that's that's what she's going to play. And she had a lot of fun making the character, especially with Path Builder, is to me uh, almost as much fun as playing the game because you've got so mm-hmm. many things you can throw in.
0: Yeah, it's it's really... Interesting how many concepts that you can get that like they when you say them, they sound crazy <laughs> and like out there and they are but they're but they are completely in the rules, like not you didn't stretch, you didn't like spend 20 hours trying to come up with like loopholes that You're is right. just nope, like you know, like like in, in in uh one of my games we have a we, we also have a lawyer, we have a barrister, uh, like a monk lawyer. Who's like family? Basically, like practiced infernal contract law in (laughs) Cheliacs, right? And like this is all stuff like kind, like supported by the setting and the game itself. It wasn't like we did anything special. That was absolutely there's rule support for all of it. Yeah, one of my favorite
1: parts of it actually, and I have I've gone into character generation for for this game with only the barest concept of what i wanted to make and then the choices that were on the lists for me to look at like a lot of times what i would do is i would just scroll through the options and and you know it's like uh, oh you're playing an elf what kind of elf and then it would have like 15 different possibilities for you know for and just the names of some of those would give me ideas of you know Backstory or stuff that my character could do, and ways that I would play it. And I like the way it's structured for exactly that reason. I, it's one of the first times in as much as I have been role playing, it's one of the first times that creating a character has actually had a sense of exploration to it, where I didn't necessarily mm-hmm. know what I was going to end up with. But then by the end of, you know, making a first level character, it turned out to be something really cool that uh I wouldn't have come up with on my own I wouldn't have come up with it if those lists hadn't been there and I've got some examples I can throw out later but you know the uh, but I think the rat lawyer is one of them she wouldn't have, you know she she didn't go into mm-hmm. it saying I'm going to make a lawyer that's a rat person she didn't that mm-hmm. wasn't her plan <laughs> but now <laughs> I cannot wait to run that game
0: I mean I mean one of the one of the signs I have A, a problem and B, a very, very loving partner is that like for at least six months, I had this thing where like I would make characters in Path Builder before bed. And then I would like rope her into it. And I'd be like, okay, you have to pick like, like, you know, and I, I'd, I'd let her pick, you know, the, your core choices are picking an ancestry, picking a background and picking a uh, class. Right. And so I'd make her pick like <laughs> one or two of the things which she would lovingly patiently do with me. And then I, and then I'd pick the other ones that she didn't pick and then try and come up with some interesting character from it. And they were just, it was like a, a, a wild kind of thing. I actually made a list on chartopia, right. That is like an ancestry background class mix tool where you just sort of roll yep. the tool. We should probably put that in the show notes uh, um, you can just already, like,
1: already, uh, already making the, uh, the note to do exactly that
0: <laughs> where you can just sort of like roll it up and just, and then make a character based on those three things. Yep. It's, you know, because it's just fun. And I think in a second, I think we're going to start talking about like other ways to approach character expression, but I want to, I kind of want to highlight what how Pathfinder is able to do this, or, or, or how, how I see it as something they do. Mm-hmm. And you tell me what you think, Brian. Um, the I, I think the core of it is actually mechanical safety. And what, what I mean by that is you could, if you were playing, say, you know back in the old like 3.5 days or or Pathfinder first edition you could totally customize your character out and like do all these you know have them dip into three or four different classes and like pick different things there was no there was no limit on choices but there are a lot of choices that are clearly right answers yeah. and ones and a lot of choices that are clearly wrong answers. Actually, I misspoke. There are a few choices that are clearly right, and there are a lot that are actually clearly wrong and are traps.
1: Right. And I will say, as having been on the player and Game Master side of 3.5, which, by the way, is a game I like. I did enjoy 3.5. Yeah,
0: I, I played a lot of it.
1: Yeah, having said that, if somebody would... but the, I was never focused on doing things optimally, and neither were any of my players. That's not what we were there for. But because of that it did cause us especially me as the game master i had to do work to make sure that suboptimal decisions didn't kill Mm -hmm. the characters and that you know it was work that i that i didn't mind doing but it was still work i had to do and it was work that i you know it's energy i would have preferred being able to point somewhere else like you know characterizations and <laughs> other stuff like that for right. the for the game
0: right yeah I mean, because and, and that's the thing too it's like when you when you know you can make a when you know you can make a choice for your character that can limit its effectiveness then you're like offered this really awful sort of choice and we're like hey i can make this thing that will let me express my character well but oh uh, like do i want to take the hit to you know, like my my character effectiveness and then, and then it can and it, and then that can start to snowball you make you make one of those choices, you're okay, you make two of those choices, ew. you make three, four of those choices, you' just like you know, just go fill out your own obituary form at pretty that much point, right? and
1: yeah, and you could also get stuck on a path if you were ahead if you were uh, aiming for a specific thing, and I'm not going to go into too much detail here, but I will say that. The first thing I tried to make was an Arcane Archer and looking which was a prestige class. And I got locked into certain decisions in order to get to a point, which meant I wasn't choosing things I wanted to do. My my goal was choosing them for me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like that feeling because a lot of the things I had to choose weren't things I had a lot of fun playing. So right. that was that that was a, a bummer for me, not not to be able to do those things.
0: Right. It, it sucks to have a lot. It sucks to have a lot of dead space. Right. Because because essentially when you're moving, when you you're like when you want to satisfy one thing you want to do by taking all of these other su- sort of not fun things. You're you're at that point of the skill tree where you have to like you want to get to this note. Right. But yeah. then you just have to take all these like minor bonuses that you don't care about to yeah. like get to the, the the one that you do. And. Yeah, and, and and ultimately, the they they keep tight numbers, and that they make it so there are no universally there are no there are no universal modifiers. Like everything right. is in a context, right? There is there is no feat that you can take that is just like you're good with weapons. Get a plus one, yeah, to any weapon that you use right? that That is always comes with some limitation, some boundary, like, hey, if you, you know, if you're fighting underwater, you got a plus one to your tax. Like, if you've got, if you are fighting with, you know, this special type of dagger, you might get a bonus, mm-hmm. right? So you have to, so all of those choices have context, but there's not one choice that you, rules over all of them and that you'd be dumb to get because it's just better. Yeah. And that, and that, that does a lot, but like, what are some other games that we feel also do character expression well? And like, how do they approach it?
1: I feel like Traveler did a really good job with it. Um, Ooh,
0: okay, talk to talk to, me. talk to me.
1: So, Traveler, especially early editions of Traveler, had a really robust backstory system. You were you mm-hmm. basically you created your character by creating their career up to the point that you were playing. And so you would choose, usually of something military, But mm-hmm. they would have been in like the, the Space Navy or, or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being essentially a life path system. But the cool thing about that was each decision that you made gave you some sort of mechanical benefit. Mm-hmm. Like if you decided that they spent a long time flying shuttles, then you got a bonus to your piloting skill, stuff like that. But the thing that mm-hmm. I liked about that was, first off, it's a mechanical benefit like now I'm now I'm a really good pilot and i that informs the decisions that i make when i play my character you know mm-hmm. going forward but the other thing that i liked about it was it tied it to a backstory then you've got something to talk about you're like yeah i used to fly shuttles on the io run all the time and that was so you've got that to to bounce things back and forth so it was a great combination of tying history of the character and uh, if all of you were making your characters together, you got to also bounce things off each other and you know, like mm-hmm. maybe two of you served together or, you know, uh, had a rivalry or something like that, which is really cool. So that was mm-hmm. one of the things I liked about that. Um, and It was like all random, uh yeah, there were there was a heavy amount of randomness that, yeah. to it. Yeah. You got to choose certain things. And you know, notoriously, you could in fact in early editions die during character generation. <laughs> but it it sort of it made character generation a mini game in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You were kind of pressing your luck. It was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I could do another tour or I could get killed and have to start over. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, if you were playing it by the book, that's how it went.
0: But mm-hmm. well, and, and I think it's an interesting counterpoint to Pathfinder in that so uh it's almost the inverse right in 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 Pathfinder, you pick some sort of basic keynotes and then they those sort of keynotes concepts of ancestry, background, and class give you these options to pick what sort of feats and what what things you will do yeah there and so so you you sort of build out from there your future and in this one, you sort of build in in a, in a life path system, and Traveler is basically the original life path system. I don't know if any. I don't know anything that did it before that. It predates
1: Cyberpunk, so yeah, 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 it was, yeah. It was it,
0: it was it was that was the first time I remember the first time I I played it like way back in the day. That was the first time yeah, I I'd ever right. seen anything yeah. like that. So and and in that and the other life path systems, and I and I have one I want to talk about is it brings you a lot of rich context. Like here's all the stuff you've done. And then yeah. you start play based on where you came from. So you're sort of like I starting I love in, that. you're in media res to your character's life. And then you're, and then you're continuing the story from there.
1: You're exactly right. It makes it feel like you've got, you're not starting from square one.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, and so it, it, it is, it doesn't, it, it there's not this the your backstory feels way more connected and real it's not just it's not a in in a in a thing where you're building out uh from a concept it can feel sometimes like your backstory is sort of contrived to justify what you can do definitely yeah um but in this system, it's like, well, no, it's not. Can, you know, you sort of built it, and now you're sort of uh, trying to plan out from there. Um, of course, the trade-off being is sometimes you can sort of feel like maybe the best stuff your character is going to do is not the best. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, yeah,
1: so, yeah, exactly. So, sometimes you've got some super exciting stories that already happened to you. <laughs> That's right. exactly true. Yeah.
0: But you know, in the in the in the life path system, I I want to talk about. It was funny because when we started talking about what systems we want to talk about, we Brian and I found like significant overlap on yeah. the sort of styles of things we want to talk about. But one that I really love is uh, Haunted West. Oh um, yeah, by Chris the and crew, and it also has a life path system, right? And it's it, the the basics of the setting. It's an alternate history Wild West. Where, like, basically the reconstruction was, like, successful and – but then there's also, like, you know, everything from, like, aliens to different spirits and stuff going on. And so in that context, you get to do a life path. And then then I think one of the things that's, like, interesting and even different from Traveler is that the book has this rich history. Like, it it goes and takes, like, our actual world history – Post Civil War, and then describes it, but then reimagines it in places. So, so you've got this rich history, which then your life path is in embedded within. So, you've got even more context and richness to do that. So, when you make a character in that, there's there's like history and all of these all of these great things that really yeah. um, go into making your character who they are. So I, I really love that. I, I do like that life path richness yeah, that you get.
1: Haunted West is such a good game. It is. Yes. And I will say, if, if you're already a Pathfinder player and you enjoy really big core books, then you need to check out Haunted West because it's even bigger than the Pathfinder core book.
0: hmm mm-hmm. and chock and, and full of- Oh, so good. Lots of really cool <laughs> history and stories. Yep, uh, yep. definitely de- Definitely worth your time. And I, I will even say, though- That Pathfinder in the Game Mastery Guide actually has, for an alternate character creation system, a life path system. Oh, that's right. If you really do do need it, they do have it. It's not the core rules, but they do include it, and it's pretty neat. I forgot
1: about that. I've never used it. I would like to – Me neither. Yeah, I'd like to – see now now I'm going to have to give it a shot and just see what what I can come up with. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do that now. But yeah. actually, not right now. I think now I think we're going to talk about a different game. But uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: well, what's next up on the list?
1: I I'm going to take a complete left turn and I'm going to uh, throw out the the Gam- the the edition of Gamma World that used the fourth edition D and D rules.
0: I think it was like six E or seven E. I can Gamma never World. remember
1: which exactly which one it was. Which is why I, I stated it that way because it's the only one that used the four E rules. And first off, I want to come out as, as a 4th edition D&D Defender. I think it did a lot of stuff really well. Mm-hmm. But the other, the other thing I want to say about 4E is I think that the Gamma World game that used those rules is the best expression of that system. And, and a big part of that was the character generation system. The thing about Gamma World, the one that used the 4th edition rules that I liked, is that it had a heavily randomized character generation system. And normally I kind of bounce off randomization because this was super randomized, like it randomized. Mm-hmm. If you, if you went through everything, it randomized what kind of creature you were it randomized your powers. There were even rules in the game for your powers to change partway through. So if you mm-hmm. used all of that, you were super random, but I made several characters of that. And I, I both played and ran it. And every time I did, people got really invested in, in their characters because you, you came out of that with a unique character. There was nothing. The odds of of you rolling up something that was even remotely similar to someone else's character was just gonna were, were astronomical. And for me, the work I had to do to make all of these weird elements fit together and come out, come up with like a character that you know made sense in the world. That process actually connected me to the character. So this is uh completely the opposite of Pathfinder, where you've got a whole long list of stuff and you're choosing things and fitting them together. Uh with this one, I mean you I guess you could sort of do it with Pathfinder. You could, I mean, like you were talking about with the Chartopia thing. Yeah. You could randomize every part of that, which would be, you know, a, a task, but you could. But in this case, uh, I think it fits the setting really well. Cause the setting is super gonzo. The setting is you're gonna have like a psychic six foot tall rabbit Mm -hmm. with a machine gun. And so for me, if, if you want to talk character expression, this'll do it for you.
0: Mm -hmm. And, and, and part of that is interesting is that so like inherent in inherent in this talk of character expression is one of control. Right, and we're yeah. and what we're what we're talking about with Pathfinder and the life path and this sort of randomized things are varying levels of control at different points of the, the game. Right, like because the, the life paths have a lot of like random stuff that you can do. Yeah, and you know, and then and then this one is all the way random. Right. Exactly. Um, and then. Um, and then Pathfinder is there's no real dice rolling happening. It's all choice. You get a lot of control in lots of different variations, but sometimes, like you're saying, it's it's fun to just go take the wheel. Right? <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. And then and then and then go, whoa, what did I come up with like like each character is sort of a piece of art. Yeah. Well put. And then and then you're like, ooh, I've got like an a a unique or, or original one of one.
1: Right. Um yeah, uh, but but as you have already mentioned the uh you know the, the cost of that is that you're not making many of the decisions. So right. if you go into it with a, an idea of what you want to play, you're you're probably not going to get it.
0: Right, right, exactly. Like you're you're when you have something it's great if you don't want to decide or you have no preconceptions. <laughs> but but when you when you're like no, I really want to play this character, it's not yeah, that's probably not going to scratch your edge. Yeah, and then and then I think on um the other kind of level of control, moving back towards more control here, I think it's – we'd be remiss if we did not mention Powered by the Apocalypse.
1: Game. Oh, totally, yeah.
0: I think the playbook – Is you know uh, the bakers have contributed a lot of awesome things to 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 gaming, but I have to say like the playbook is like one of their coolest contributions to the gaming lore because they're basically kind of like these tropes on a stick. Agree, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. They they are like condensed concepts that are uh, that you can go, hey, I'm I'm playing this character, right? You know, I'm playing playing this one, and then they do these these moves, right? And these are the kind of th- ways that they affect fiction. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I I have to admit that being being an old school gamer, when I initially read Apocalypse World, I bounced off some parts of it. Mm-hmm. Until I read nearly the whole book, and then I started to grok it because mm-hmm. I realized what Vince and Meg were doing is they were codifying things that I was already doing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And once mm-hmm. I realized that that's all they were doing, and then I realized how much effort that took off my plate,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was brilliant. Uh, now, getting back to the character generation thing, that's part of it, too. As a player, you know, we're we're talking about uh, choosing uh, some very, very specific things on your Pathfinder character. But the playbook, You it's not like you don't have choices to make, but with each thing that you're doing, you have maybe, what, three to six choices in a lot of cases. and In this case, I'm talking about original Apocalypse World, but a lot of other, a lot of the well-done PBT games do this too. So you've got choices to make. You've got things to make your character different from the other characters. But because you are limited in your choices, I feel like again, it takes a lot of the cognitive load off of a player when they're making the character, and they can concentrate on other aspects of it. At least that, that's been my case when i made Apocalypse World characters.
0: Yes, yeah, it's it, it's you don't like you. It is to sort of put it in Pathfinder firm, terms. I think you would in a PBTA character a playbook is kind of if you took some of the basic choices that you would make and sort of canned them up, and then say, "Hey, really differentiate yourself with this choice here, yeah. and this choice here, right?" Um, and then you sort of you you create kind of white space of certain choices which in themselves are part of you know the, the things that i let you pick are also saying something
1: that's a very good point oh and that reminds me of another thing that i really like about not every uh, pa game does this but apocalypse world and a lot of the other ones do where yeah you've got a uh, handful of playbooks or you know what you might call classes in other games you've got a handful mm-hmm. of playbooks to choose from which maybe going to make it feel like maybe you don't have that many choices until you realize there's you've got a okay for a good example there are a whole lot of people with cars in an apocalypse world setting but there is only one capital d driver there's only one playbook mm-hmm. that's called the driver and in that setting you are you're mad max You know, you're the driver. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you're not just a guy with a car. (laughs) You're, you're the only one that can make certain moves. You're the only one that can do certain things. And that uniqueness, that, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, sort of protagonization, uh, to, uh, to use a forge term is, uh, that, that clicks for me. Like when I, when I, when I read that, I was like, oh, I get it now. I'm, you know, I'm one of the people the movie is about now. I get it. And to me, Mm -hmm. that connects me to the character. It gives me, I end up playing it differently, and it Mm -hmm. gives me some different ideas about what that person would be like.
0: Right. And then, and then, and then it's like sort of this high level differentiation. It's like you're, it's like you're, you're differentiated from sort of your role in the, in the movie or the show and, and sort of, talking about sort of Pathfinder's take on it Pathfinder sort of differentiates the output of these different choices you make that when you get into the game like picking a like a short sword is a definitive difference from picking up a butterfly knife they True. are True me- they are mechanically quite different and they allow your characters to do very different things without adding a lot of like complexity That's an to excellent it. Um, point
1: yeah Actually that um, happened that, to me. That happened to me in the game you ran. I made a rogue and I decided to make him proficient with a reach weapon and that completely not only changed the way I did combat, that changed the way I played the character because it's like oh this is the kind right. of guy that, you know, kind of stands back from things, you know what I mean? Like it actually right. it, it gave me a different take on not just the way he fought, but kind of the way he lived.
0: Right, exactly. Like each of these scenes that you pick and that and that because you're given you're not given you're not given – in, say, like a, a PPTA game, you're given, like, a relatively few high-level choices that sort of have these broad fictional applications. Right. Um, and here, you're given smaller sort of choices, at, at least from, like, your class powers. Uh, an interesting thing here is that you – at different points, you get different kind of feats. So yeah. – uh, One of the ways that they defeated the take the best feat always is by giving you a bunch of feats and saying your class feats are pretty powerful – Right, yeah. and you and and everybody gets the same amount, and you and but like stuff for your ancestry, those aren't quite as powerful, and everybody gets the same amount of those. It's not like fighters get twenty feet and everybody gets two. Sure, right. Everybody gets a bunch of feet of different powering levels. Right, so you can go and you decide to make your guy, you know, expert gardener. Right, yeah. for your general skill, for your general feet or your skill feet. Right, that does not actually make you. Worse at fighting, you didn't. You did not sacrifice your "I'm good at fighting" feat, um, which is going to be coming, and you get to pick that and be effective. And since you're making all of those choices, they sort of build up into this wider picture of your character.
1: Uh, I agree. I've never felt like I was making a. I never felt like I was wasting a choice when I leveled up.
0: Right. Yeah. Like, and you, and you're allowed to make things, make choices, uh, going back to that design safety, make choices to round out your character without, uh, again, condemning them to uselessness or death. There are, I won't say that, I won't say that there aren't choices that are maybe, if you, if you care about that, more optimal than other choices. Right. But the impact of being more optimal in Pathfinder is Greatly diminished. Yes. Um, it is not. It is a completely optimized character in Pathfinder Two. Two is not like ten times better than a su- suboptimal character. Absolutely. I'm um, Like, like you would have to to make it so you would have to purposely like sabotage your character
1: (laughs) that's a good point um and i will say i was mentioning earlier about you know how much uh work i had to do as a game master of people like in Mm 3.5 if people didn't make uh optimal decisions (laughs) um i've never had that experience with pathfinder 2e it's it's Mm -hmm. i mean i look at the characters and i pay attention to what choices they've made and i make Mm -hmm. sure that i have ways for them to shine but it's it's not minimal effort for me to do that all i have to do is go oh well this guy's really good at horses i need to make sure there's some horses in it that's literally it and or for the social stuff you know like you were talking about like gardening or cooking or whatever i just you know i make sure that there are opportunities for them to do those things too
0: yeah and then uh, one note on uh the 3.5 thing um because it's funny that you mentioned uh that i used to live so i i have played i have as a, as a player played very little 3.5. I am a, an internal GM type. Uh, I am 99% of the time GM 3.5, but I lived on the care op character optimization
1: boards, (laughs) right? Like there was, there was a
0: time, there was a time in my life where I could reconstruct pun pun uh, from memory. Nice. Right. Yeah. Um, Like, you know, I paid a close attention to those and I did that so that um because there's nothing worse than a character like a player making a character that they want to do a thing that they and they're doing it the way that they think makes them do the thing, but because there are these weird black holes and traps in the system, it's very easy for them to like pick the wrong thing and then not do it and then be like, Oh Absolutely. And so, so I, so I did that so that when characters made those decisions, I could be like, wait, you're trying to do this thing? Nope. You you know like actually you got to take a dip and fire here. You got to oh, do this gosh. thing. Yeah, do not yeah, take yeah. that feat right and and just so I could guide my players to like and I didn't try to optimize them hardcore. I it was just to let them fill out their character concepts.
1: But still, look at how much work you had to do. And again, all, it's I don't, a lot I don't of work. Was it wasn't fun? <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying it wasn't fun, but look how much yeah. work you had to do to get right. that to happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's a lot of this. You know, again, I'm talking about you know, I'm talking about you know some things that I didn't enjoy about 3.5, but I'm not saying I didn't have fun doing it. Yeah. But I would rather have spent that energy doing some other stuff. I'll 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 say that.
0: Right, exactly. So yeah, I mean I guess is there anything else we want to say about this and in, in, in sort of character expression? Yeah, or? I
1: don't think so. I mean I think we've covered a lot of it and mm-hmm. just that uh, Yeah, I mean, we said it at the top of the at the, top of the episode. To me, character is the most important thing. Whether I'm running the game, and Quinn, I'm like you, I'm 95% of my gaming career has been game mastering. But, you know, the characters are just as important to me as they are to the players, because, you know, they are the things filling the world, and I have to come up with stuff for them. So to me, I always base things around whatever the characters are doing, whatever game I'm running. And... Games that make it easier for the players and the game master to do that, or not even necessarily easier, games that just make it more fun. Games that, that you know, can surprise me with it. Those are the things that I really like. And every game that we mentioned earlier is one of those games. And it does it in different ways. But, you know, for me, on the Pathfinder side, if you're looking to play the kind of game that Pathfinder is good at... Mm-hmm. It's going to be very difficult to come up with a character concept you can't uh, – that would fit into one of those settings that you can't make.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, and they've, they've got – and if, you, if you're playing specifically in the world of Galarian, it's, it's almost like you can go even crazier um, because it is <laughs> – yes. we'll, we'll be talking about this on a future theme, but Galarian is the best – Like adventure, fantasy RPG setting ever made is 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 really built for the sort of wild Gonzo theme that players naturally want to do. Yeah, Um, and so it like supports you even more with crazy concepts that you can just borrow and plug into your character. Agreed, it's a good setting. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I mean, I agree with everything that you're saying, Ryan. And I just I I take I've introduced a lot of people to Pathfinder, and I take exquisite pleasure in like watching like their eyes like light up or just like like people coming to me the next day in a haze they're all they're all disheveled and they're just like like they just like woke up from a binge and they're just be like i made so many characters in path builder Uh, like when do we play right like this has happened to me multiple times and i love it every time just people feeling that they can sort of like do what they want in the system is like really fun
1: yep i've got I've got a pile of them myself that I really want to you know, see how they how they run.
0: So I, I think we will uh, close up there. We'll, we'll talk about some other things next episode, but we will sign off for now. I'm Quinn.
1: I'm Brian. And thanks a lot for listening, everybody.
0: Yeah, this is Infectious Enthusiasm.